Hey everyone, it's Alan Schimmel and you're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's chat is a little DevOps, a little security, a little containers, a little bit of everything. I'm happy to be joined by StackRock's founder and CEA, CEO, Ali Golshan. Ali, welcome. Thanks for having me. And Ali, I think I mispronounced your name. It's Golshan, correct? Correct. Yes, cool. thank you. I try to do it right. So, Ali, let, let's start with the obvious, though. Maybe some people out here have not yet heard of StackRock. So before we dive in, just a quick sort of elevator pitch so they have some context. Sure. We started StackRock three and a half years ago. The premise for the company was we saw a couple of major shifts in the industry. Uh, one happened to be the introduction of containerization and microservices, which is a sub effect of this larger um, um, trend that we've been seeing, which is uh, application security and development becoming full product lifecycle. So ensuring that you can cover security and compliance and requirements from build to deployment to runtime. Um, and containers provided really a great packaging and a construct for building applications and microservices. Um, and then the second part of it is, is that when you look at this, um, this model, we realize that there's really three fundamental things that are disrupting a $30 billion security industry. Um, this is the whole notion of a full product lifecycle needing to be automated. Um, it's immutability and ephemerality. Um, and because you can't forklift traditional security solutions and deal with these three constructs, we decided to go after solving this much bigger problem for what we like to see is for the future of cloud. Um, and where we started was containerization because kind of it's the fundamental building blocks. Um, as time and market has progressed, we've progressed with it, which is focused more on things like APIs and orchestrators and managed cloud environments, um, but very much with a kind of a host application-centric view of the world. We're not a network-based tool. We're not a log ingest-based tool. Um, we tend to focus a little bit more on security automation, um, detection, um, and creating a multifaceted risk view of your environment specific to containers and microservices. Got it. So, um, you know, th there's a lot in there and we'll come back to Stack Rocks maybe a little later in our uh, chat today. But I wanted to let me hit on a couple of things you mentioned. So the first thing is this whole idea of cloud native container native. You know, when when we first saw the the shift to the cloud, the security industry's re, uh, response was, you know, what, what some analysts called cloud washing existing security solutions. So they took their existing security solutions and they said, okay, now we can run in the cloud too. It's a cloud security solution. But it really wasn't. It was a on-prem security solution moved to the cloud. It wasn't cloud native. And it really, you know, it was a little bit of a, a round peg in a square hole. I think we're seeing the same thing when we talk about security solutions built or trying to provide security for containerized applications, right? You, what's involved? Can you, you know, I don't want to coin the phrase, but can you container wash your an, an existing security solution and make it a container security solution, Ali? Or do you really need sort of container native designed security? To your point regarding traditional cloud environments, I think that was a smaller chasm where security companies had to cross um, because that original movement was a little bit more about virtualizing your environment. So there was still some kind of applicability of running things like WAFs or endpoint solutions to be able to 
um, broaden your security posture to the cloud. Obviously, the fundamental problems we saw were created were around how do you automate and provision workloads and then the nature of those workloads remaining. Those were the kind of the new capabilities in the cloud were actually the pieces that created gaps for security. So if you then think about that and expand that further, the capabilities and the designs for containers are even kind of another order of magnitude different than traditional. It's not just virtualization and then outside your boundaries, it's it's virtualization, it's micro, um, uh, microservices, every function broken down into a particular service, controlling it end to end. So if you think about it, there's a large portion of the security industry that doesn't even look at some of the most critical components of this process, which is the build and deployment, building constant uh, context there, building declarative policies from that environment, and then using it further. Um, so I think that's one of the major reasons um, we don't see the applicability of traditional security solutions even more so um, in containerized environments. Yep. I mean, Ali, I agree with you. And, and I think, you know, that's why, frankly, a lot of what is today passing for container, container security seems to be people doing vulnerability scans of containers or as I think I had spoken to you about the last time uh, we chatted, you know, network IDS for the container. I, I, you know, it just doesn't, it's, it seems very much square peg round hole. And I'm not saying you don't need vulnerability management, whether you're in a container or not. And I'm not saying you don't need intrusion detection, whether you're in a containerized environment or not. But to say that that is quote unquote a container security solution seems just just pushing it and, and just trying really hard to sell. But wanted to come back to another thing you mentioned in your opening remarks, and that, that was around this whole idea of not only are we living in a containerized age, but we, we, we've seen the, the rise, and, and I don't want to say the dominance of, but, you know, the whole CICD software factory pipeline model of which DevOps is, is an integral part of. And we, and we talk about shifting security left into the software development life cycle. And, you know, this, this is yet another way that traditional security has to give way to, to, you know, how, how things are done today. So, how does that influence or how does that play itself out in terms of stack rocks? The way we think about that is if you think about, you know, who were the first companies who moved towards containerization and microservices, they were all companies that needed to deal with massive scale, building velocity in their development into the offerings they have for their customers. Um, and as a result, they realized that kind of traditional model of building and deploying and managing was just not sustainable because it wouldn't scale with the human element. So this notion of DevOps and even containerization as a result um, were really tools and methods for companies to be able to increase their level of automation and sophistication as to how they managed and run their infrastructure. So the way we look at this is, is that also it's the same reason why a lot of those first movers built their own security models around this environment because nothing like it existed. So we see security kind of mapping to the same model, which is um, if you think about it, it Things used to be a little bit more around the model of batch process, respond, do analytics, take those sorts of actions. Um, and again, the way we look at this is, is that what containers have done is break that fundamental workflow. That fundamental workflow isn't kind of build something, check, build, check, build, check, and have all these gating factors applied by security. It's a lot more fluid now. 
So as a result, security has to kind of integrate into that whole workflow. Um, and this is one of the big things we talk about, which is, is that the reason you can't take traditional security solutions and apply them here, it's not just the form factor of what they're applying to, but it's also the entirely new workflow that's been created by DevOps um, and these types of environments that impact how a security tool should run. Because it's not just tying it to a form factor or a choke point. It becomes more of a service mesh, not to borrow the word service mesh from kind of the service mesh project, but that's why it lends itself very well. It's a number of services integrated across the process. And then as you automate these processes, they become force multipliers for each other. Um, that's how DevOps works. And that's how security should work as well. You can't break that workflow model just because you're a security tool. I, I agreed. And, you know, and, and you're using the term workflow model, and I think that's a great descriptor of it. But, you know, a lot of it goes back, and, and again, you know, part and parcel with DevOps. A lot of it goes back to the whole sort of lean IT based on lean manufacturing sort of it really is a factory pipeline kind of, you know, workflow model. And when you think about it, the fact that all this time we've always kind of just stuck security on at the end, you know, at the end of the packaging, so to speak, and then wondered why it didn't work so great. I mean, it get, it's kind of obvious when you look at it that way, isn't it? No, absolutely. I mean, that's an interesting analogy, right? If you think about it, if you have um, a kind of a um, industrial environment and you have manufacturing, if you move from a manual workforce to robotics and automated workforce, the sort of security you apply is going to be very different. Um, how you look for bugs, how you look at, for example, application. This is a good analogy because it's a very indicative kind of model of what the current industry is going through. Mm -hmm. um, so I've become a big believer that you can't like this is where I think security goes wrong, trying to cover too many things at once. If you have a completely new emerging model like containers and microservices and DevOps, um, it's OK to say that our security or our approach deals just with that particular area. Um, and as, as small or as big as it may be, um, it's important because it adds credibility that you actually understand what it fundamentally is built from and what it's doing. Because if you say anything other than that, well, no, mine can cover network and endpoints and VMs and containers and Lambda. Well, that's just a lot of the reasons why the security industry got the bad rap it did. It's just things fundamentally work different. I agreed. Agreed. So, Ali, I think we've done a great job here in the first 10 minutes or so of laying out these sort of macro factors that are affecting not just the tech or even just the security industry, but the, the, uh, it's really affects the whole world because we're all soft, you know, every company is a software company now. And, and, the, you know, so this really has worldwide bedrock kind of effect but let's let's turn back to stack rocks right full full circle back to the beginning so how are all of these things manifesting itself in, in yeah so the way we look at rocks? it is have one solution that has two modules to it that interoperate um, we have the stack rocks module that covers build and deployment and stack rocks that covers runtime and production um, and the way we look at this entire flow is um, very basic. On one side of the equation, you get to look at all the static um, and declarative information, and you get to use them to say what things should be able to do. And then anytime you run it, be it in deployment, QA, or production, you get to learn from that application more and more and see what it actually can do. 
Um, so our mission is really bridging what it should do versus what it can do. Um, and the reason for us, the automation part of it is a big part of it is, you know, as companies mature their overall workflow, they will have additional tools that are going to be provided by their platform providers, by their cloud providers. Um, as an example, you touched on vault scanning. Absolutely, everybody should do vault scanning. Um, but more and more, we're seeing it cloud providers and platform providers provide it. So the key there is not to provide vulnerability scanning, it's to be able to do vulnerability management. Um, and the way we look at vulnerability management, it's either being able to provide the customer the scanner or ingesting the data from all the scanners and then helping them prioritize it. Where is this running in production? In production, what services are accessible by this? So if you have a low vulnerability that is running in a production environment, in a mission-critical app that is exposed to the web, it should be valued higher than a high vulnerability that is running in dev in a closed off VPC that has no access to any other services. So context is what helps you prioritize. Um, but it also flows the other way. So in, in runtime, if you're doing detection, um, it's important to understand if an attacker, for example, shelled and broke into a con broke out of a container, grabbed some tokens or credentials. You want to be able to go back and look at the, for example, the secrets that are being managed through the orchestrator and see where else those particular credentials or secrets are available, where else that deployment has happened. So if you think about it, on the left side, you get a lot of really great insight. On the right side of the process with the runtime and uh, production side, you can make use of those to build very good boundaries and gating factors. Um, and that naturally reduces your attack surface. So as you feed this information back to the build and deployment, remove credentials or privileges or tools that are unnecessary, you're inherently making your infrastructure and applications more secure. And as a result, we have a much better landing zone for what we apply detection to. We don't have to detect everything. We know where the weak points or where the gaps are in the system to focus our detection. So that's kind of how we think about the overall Stackrocks product. Give the customers, especially the build and deployment and dev teams, the right security, auditability, automation tools on the build and deployment side, and then give the right runtime, you know, detection, alerting, response, forensics, and enforcement on the runtime protection side for security folks. Excellent. And, you know, we, we've got a few minutes left here, Ali. I wanted to, for people who want to get more information about Stackrocks, is it stackrocks.com, S-T-A-C-K-R-O-X? It is, yeah. We have all of our information on our website, and we actually offer free risk assessments using one module of our product where a customer can just grab it and understand much better as to what they're dealing with when it comes to their container infrastructure. Okay. Let me come back one other thing to you. And, you know, the proverbial, let's see your roadmap slide, but I don't really <laughs> want you to show me your roadmap. But what do you think, what do you think is next, not only for Stackrocks, but as a result of this macro environment that we're, we're living in, you know, what's the next shoe to drop here and how does Stackrocks sort of, uh, I'm sorry about the noise there. How does Stackrocks respond? Sure. I think it's a couple of things. One is um, we're seeing more maturity across this entire stack. So we're seeing, you know, convergence around orchestrators. We're seeing kind of the standards around runtime engines being built. Uh, we're seeing how public cloud providers are um, consolidating certain services and making other services much easier to use. Perfect examples, all the efforts around, for example, Kubernetes between AKS, between EKS and GKE. So when we look at these trends, it shows a couple of different things. One, 
um, not only are the containers different, but the entire attack surface is going to look very different. So the way you approach this world is going to look very different in the future. We're not going to make the same mistakes we did with traditional security, which is we're not going to make the host overly exposed with a lot of user accounts and credentials and privileges and tools and packages. So we think that that host will abstract away and the orchestrator will become kind of the new cloud operating system with APIs. Um, and as part of that, you're going to end up seeing a lot more complexity. So as companies get more comfortable running applications as microservices, more containers, better grasp of the orchestrator, um, they'll get more comfortable running more complex operations and applications on top of it. Naturally, that comes with maturity. Um, and once you have that, um, you end up going from kind of what right now is, which is very early stages of this ecosystem, which I would consider to be low entropy to a very high entropy environment you're going to end up seeing. As a result of that, the way we see security being built is one, that's why it's very important to focus on automations, integration, and the workflow. Uh, but secondly, we see security having to be built in cloud native as a form factor agnostic model, meaning you know, leverage the existing frameworks to if it's collecting data, for example, from the system, you know, use for example, things like the extended Berkeley packet filter to use that. Um, if you're running on Amazon or Google, you can use things like PubSub or Kinesis. So it's building more modular, programmable, and pluggable architectures versus building a binary that deploys in a container, and then you replicate that container against a bunch of hosts. Um, it's about building a sensory model that can understand different environments and make sense of them, not single agents that unilaterally take action. Um, because as complexity, heterogeneity grows, um, naturally, there's going to be a lot more gray areas as far as use cases go. And that's where you run into the old problem of alert fatigue, noise, false positives, and then eventually you end up with 50 security solutions. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Ali, we're about out of time, but I got to tell you, man, I love this chat. This was great. I'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah, same here, Alan. We'll, we'll dive into some more of this stuff. Good stuff. Ali Golshan, uh, co-founder and CEO of StackRocks here on DevOps Chat. Uh, this is Alan Schimmel. You've just listened to another chat. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>